This is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Welcome to another Silver Dollar episode of Stay Paid. My name is Joshua Stike. And I'm Luke Acree. And if you have not built a sales playbook for your business, you are potentially missing out on a huge opportunity to increase your conversion rates, win more deals, and ultimately add to your business's bottom line. A sales playbook is an all-encompassing guide for executing best practices for each potential sales situation, including how to prospect, how to handle objections, and the details of your product or service. So today we're going to talk about why you need a sales playbook, what to include in it, and how to implement it in your business. Yes. Um, people, a lot of people probably don't realize Josh and I run this company, Reminder Media, but we have about 150 salespeople yes. on the phone. Some are account upsell management type idea. And then others are like straight hunters yeah. on the phone. So we we put a lot of effort into the sales and marketing playbooks that we are trying to run out there on the floor. So we've learned a lot. Yeah. We definitely have not refined it to perfection, but I'll tell you the importance of it is you cannot measure what you don't track and you can't track what you don't know. Yeah. And a sales playbook is really putting down on paper the plays you're running yes. so you can track them yeah. So you can measure your results. I actually thought about done. I thought about this uh, last night when we were coming up with topics, and it wasn't like we don't come up with topics the night before. I mean, we spend weeks. <laughs> I was going to say yeah. probably like thirty <laughs> minutes before. You know, <laughs> what do we want to talk about? Today? But we interviewed uh, Brandon Bornanson. <laughs> yeah, that guy was a stud, right? And he talked about this yeah. idea of like his salespeople. He wants them to be Tom Brady, where they they know the plays, they know what they've got their playbook there. They're able to select yeah. a play that makes sense, but they're not like coming up with the plays, right? They have the yeah. plays to select from. And I think that that's really important when looking at if you're building a business or if you are a solopreneur and you're somebody yes. who is doing this on your own, there's a lot of value in having those plays written down. Like number one, if you're relying on your natural talent in every sales situation, you're going to have bad days. You're going to have things that you don't, you haven't encountered before. You're going to have situations where you don't know how to handle them. But if you're building out these sales playbooks and learning from what you're doing in the past or learning from other people, you have the ability to remove the guesswork, yep. right? You can proactively cover sales situations that maybe you haven't personally encountered yet. You can document your objections. And ultimately, if you choose to, it allows you to scale your team or get your existing team aligned. Yep, 100%. Okay. I was actually sharing with um, our vice president of sales. We just hired a new sales trainer. He was one of our best team leads. Um, he's great with people, great motivator. He ran a great team, and we moved him to being sales trainer for the whole company. And one of the things, I watched one of his trainings. So you, you guys should record your sales calls. Oh, yeah. And if you can record your listing presentation or your sales presentation, do that. It will be extremely helpful yeah, and beneficial out, like, for you. In your, if you're going to a listing presentation, just like yeah. turn voice memo on yes. on your phone and just record the whole thing. So you can hear it. yourself, yeah, right? Yeah. Because that will that will help you so much to hear it from a third person perspective instead yeah. of trying to critique in the moment. But I'm watching him and he is giving gold content. Like it is awesome. Inspirational, motivational, great content to learn from. And I walked away going, I told him, Alex, I said, I think people only probably are going to take away about 50%, if that, of what That's you're teaching. lucky, Because yeah. I said, it's so hard when you're being taught something to actually retain it. I said, if you think education-wise, you need a framework mm -hmm. that you always reference back to. So the example he was training on is, hey, people were coming into objections in the intro. They were coming into objections down in the value prop. And he was giving them what to say. He was saying, oh, if that happened to me, here's what I would do. And I was like, that's really good. But you notice people were trying to go, hey, say that again, what? and trying to write down. Yeah. Instead, you need a reference back to a framework because it's like math, yep. right? You, they don't teach you 
just to memorize, you need the formula. And if you have the formula, you can solve any math problem. Yeah. But if you have the memorization, you can only solve one math problem. (laughs) So good. No, I love that. It's exactly what, it's exactly what the playbook is designed to do. So some of the things that you want to include in your sales playbook, and you can throw in, I just, I listed out a handful that I thought of. Uh, The first one I would say would be your lead sources. Yes. Right. So where are all of your leads coming from? I love the idea of doing this because it also puts down on paper how many lead sources you actually have. And you may have never done this in your business before. I think we had Michael Hellickson on recently. He said, what, over 280 different lead sources that they've identified, 21 or something like that, were their top lead sources that that their coaches are coaching their agents on. Um, But it allows you to see what lead sources you actually have. Each lead source is going to have a different, slightly different script. Right, yes. if you're doing a call, a cold outbound yep. versus a warm inbound, we'll have a slightly different script or intro, and then you can start looking at what you mentioned before, which is inspecting, like what you're actually producing. You can actually start to predict or set a benchmark for what your win rates or your conversion yep. rates should be on those different lead sources. Well, I, it was funny when you sent over the notes. At one of the your last bullet points is your ideal client profile and persona. Mm which obviously there's points on that. And I know probably why you put it in there at the last, but I would almost move it up to going, who's your ideal uh, client? And then what are your lead sources? Are they actually tied to where that ideal client is? What's interesting with us when I think about our lead sources and I go, there was a big breakthrough in our company years and years ago when we were on the phones, we were calling agents and literally it felt like we were just calling the phone book. Um, And because we were calling agents that we scraped off the line and just trying to give them our value prop. And what we were also doing is calling managing brokers. And the managing brokers, we were trying to let them get us to present. Well, we never used to, this seems crazy, Mm -hmm. but we never used to follow up after the presentation to all the people in the office. We'd follow up to the people who attended the presentation and we would do our whole sales thing there, but never to everybody in the office. And the light bulb just went off in my mind, lead source wise. Wait, did you start the... The webinar follow? Yeah, yeah. The light bulb went <laughs> off in my mind going, why are we calling the phone book when we could literally just call everybody in this network and tell them we had a pre even if they didn't attend? It's circle we could prospecting. Just, we could li- and people probably, <laughs> people probably listening to this have maybe received that phone call. Maybe if you're a client of ours, that's how you came to know us. But that was like, it's such a simple thing, but it was like just thinking to myself, wait a second. And that was a lead source that that's has funny. been probably our number one closing lead source. It's, well, uh, it's a, one of our highest, vo- it's our highest uh, From single a sale, campaign. That's what I mean, yeah. Right, yeah. So it's just interesting how that works. That's awesome. Well, what a cool, uh, you know, example of once you start digging into where your leads are coming from, like you start to uncover new uh, possibilities. But where did that come from? Just to give people a practical example, why that came into fruition is because I realized one of the keys to sales is leverage because people won't listen to you if you don't have leverage. So I was like, man, I call these people. They hang up on me so fast. They won't give me any time. How do I drop a name, a stat, a piece of leverage yeah. that will get them to just give me 10 seconds? And I was like, man, if I could drop that, I had a, a presentation at the local office down here on Main Street, they yeah. might at least give me 10 love, seconds. And that's where the lead source came I from. I love that reordering so much more. Having Finding your ideal client, what's your ideal client persona, and then where are those leads coming from will naturally lead you to what the leverage is. The next thing that's related to that is going to be your pitch. So this yes. is where you actually want to document out what is your pitch. We break ours down into some sections, which you'll mm-hmm. probably want to do the same with yours. If you look at any, you know, any example of a sales pitch, it's going to be broken down into sections. You've got that intro. 
which you're introducing to leverage. Why are you calling this person? Yep. Then what we do is we kind of present the value proposition as what, how, why, right? Yes. What we do, how we do it, why it works. And then after, you know, getting some feedback and kind of doing the discovery, making sure that the uh, that the prospect- We call them, we want to button them up is what we, we say. Uh, so, does button up come next? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so button up, then incentives, right? So yeah. We so, list out what the incentives exactly. are. Yep. Then we do a final thought and then we do the close. We transition then to the close. Yep. You can go into any exactly. more of those details, but that's the way that that's broken out. And I look, because you, it, this is a callback to the idea of the formula, yep. right? There's certain things that you we want people to say within each one of those sections. But if you're following the process, this is what we've found to have success. Yeah, I asked the branding guy, do you script out exactly what people should say play-wise or do you give them more freedom and it's a process? Because we've leaned on the process side. Like anytime I've gone to the scripting side, I feel like it gets too robotic. You you don't allow different personalities to have their ability. Like my saying has always been, you know, any award-winning actor has won Academy Awards not by reciting scripts, by making the script their own, yeah. right, type idea. Um, so we do more of a process. Here's how we write the scripts, though. If you're wondering, Luke, how do I write a script? The only way I know to really literally do it is to get on the phone, make tons of phone calls. If you have um, people calling for you right now, get them to make tons of phone calls. Then go back and listen to all the closes. Mm. And literally, I'm not joking when I say this, I literally transcribed in the early days, just writing out everything I said, yeah. just word for word. Now there's transcription services now that will do this for you, but I literally wrote out everything I said. Yeah. And then I looked at it and I was like, okay, well, this is, I'm ad-libbing here, just move, move this, remove this. And I boil it down to just literally like the flow. Yeah. And that was my first call guide. My first call scripts is just documenting out, well, this is what I said on the, on the closes. Mm -hmm. This is what I continue to say. And that give, gave me my starting point to then refine as I went. Because I think most people are like, how do I put down on paper a script? You literally just write down what you what said, you said yeah. to close the deals. And if you closed enough of them, you probably have a you know a, a flow you can see that you've transcribed out, recording it on video, stuff like that. Like that's literally how I did it. Yeah, that's so, awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's yeah, literally, I, I just want to say that because it's that simple. Like people think, you're, you're, you have to sit down and be you're, super you're creative. creative. Yeah, no, you're not creative. You, you can't convince a piece of paper. Yeah, just listen back to the phone call. What did I just say? Good quote. <laughs> I thought Aaron Hashtag was. that. Can't convince a piece of paper, geez. Do you have an idea for a great new podcast? You can bring your idea to life and start your podcast today with Libsyn. Our podcast has been on Libsyn for four years now. Unbelievable. And we love it. Libsyn has everything you need to plan, launch, and grow your own podcast. Libsyn provides some of the best resources created by expert podcasts podcasters who will show you everything you need to know, like what equipment you should use, how to record great audio, how to get your show onto Apple Podcasts and other popular platforms and much more. Look, if you want to be the professional in your area, the real estate agent, the financial advisor in your community that has the podcast, this is a great opportunity for you to get started. Plus, as a friend of Stay Paid, when you sign up with Libsyn, you get your first month of podcast hosting for free. There's never been a better time than right now for you to start podcasting. Visit Libsyn.com and use code FRIEND. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com and use code FRIEND to get started and create your first podcast today. All right. The next thing you want to include is your sales funnel. So what your sales funnel looks like is uh, as people are coming through, because you got the marketing funnel where people at the top, you know, that's awareness. You've got a uh, middle of funnel, which is uh, consideration. You've got the bottom of the funnel, which is uh, decision. So very similar with the sales funnel. You've got a lot of leads coming in the top of your funnel and you're ultimately trying to get as many of those to uh, 
exit the bottom of your funnel as a closed contact. So this is kind of the idea of how often a prospect should be touched, uh, time between contacts, sort of your types of touches during each phase of the funnel. First thing you want to do is identify what does your top of the funnel look like? What phase are they in right there? And then each stage of your funnel below that, you want to start to match the different types of contacts that you have at each phase. If you're a good salesman, this is really hard to complete because... You know, it takes actually effort to sit there and think about each stage and each step and doing things consistently the same way. But if you want to build a massive sales team, if you want to be incredible at what you do, you need to do the same thing every time. If you can get to a process where you do the same thing every time, the same cadence every time, you will have way more success than just playing randomly every single day based upon your intuition, your gut, because your feelings and emotions are going to dictate that how you feel every day. But here I'll give you the tip of how we have kind of developed our cadences two ways. So the first way is very simplistic. It's like the scripts. If you don't know what it should be, you can literally look at what you've done and try to map it out there, or you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can literally go online, go to books, look at what people suggest. You're going to find things like you should follow up with the lead within five minutes. You can try to implement, and this is why mentorship is so good. Finding someone who's been there is so good because you can take their process and implement it for yourself and then refine it. Then step two, when you get a little bit more sophisticated because you're actually tracking your data. So we use like Tableau to run reports on all our data. Then you can actually go look at all the closes and pull the data. And it's like for us, like our sample request, like 96% of all our sales come within nine calls. Mm, Yep. 96%. What's crazy is, and I can't remember the exact stat off the top of my head, the majority of sales happen within like that first day. Yeah. That first day or 48 hours really happens. So all of a sudden we realized cadence wise, oh man, we need to make sure when we get that lead, one, obviously you're following up fast, but number two, we need to make sure we're calling that two to three times within the first 48 hours to try to get that lead on the phone. So that's how you start developing this cadence of how many times should I call? When should I call? First step, you don't know. So go and get an expert's opinion, implement that expert's opinion, track that, see if it worked, see if you can measure data on that, or go and look at your past sales and go, what has worked for me? And try implementing that to refine it. Yeah. This includes things like even in your first touch, like whenever you're first reaching out, whether that's speed to lead or that first contact, like we work with your brother a lot and he does the triple dial. We've heard that from other people on the podcast as well. So calling three times in a row, not That's a perfect example, yeah. And then leaving a text message. You want to document that out. So not only you're holding yourself accountable to following that process, but if you're growing a team, you're uh, training them and holding them accountable to it as well. Other things that you want to include in your uh, sales playbook, and we, I know we got we to gotta move quickly here, your product or service details, right? So this could be what, um, it might be like what incentives like your team can offer, what services, additional services beyond your core services mm-hmm. that you offer. Uh, it could be like your listing presentation or kind of, you know, uh, planning that out, mapping yep. that out as well. If you're selling software, this is going to be something like your product demo. You're going to want to map that out. Other things would be objections. So this kind of goes in with the pitch, but obviously during the pitch, you're going to hear objections. You want to capture all of those objections and figure out the same way you're talking about what actually works in the sale, what actually works when yep. overcoming objections and get, make sure that that's done. And then map too. out your framework from a teaching perspective. But here's a challenge for you. Like if I asked you right now or any member of your team, if you're in real estate and you're at the listing presentation, I say, hey, will you lower your commissions? What's How do you overcome yes. that? Yeah. And if you don't have that documented where you're saying the same thing over and over and over again, that's a clear sign to you going, mm, I really haven't spent the time yeah. to really document out every objection I get on that listing presentation and the different flavorings 
of how I answer. So how do I answer somebody who has been really aggressive, really maybe questioning the whole time? How do I answer somebody that's been just, this is just a random thought at the end? Like those flavorings also matter. Absolutely. The next big thing you want to make sure is documented are your systems. So this would be your CRM, uh, your email systems, your dialer, what social media platforms are you using from a selling perspective if you're doing selling uh, social selling. So making sure that all of your systems are uh, documented and those processes are clear as well. Uh, your marketing materials. So this is a huge one. Your emails, your text yep. messages that you're sending, uh, your print materials uh, for things like your, your listing presentation. What do you have available? Is it delivering on the value proposition? You're going to have different marketing materials, right? You'll have different emails for cold leads versus warm leads versus hot leads for outbound leads versus inbound replies, automated sends versus personalized sends. Each one of those uh, uh, prospects, no, no prospect is alike. Well, <laughs> there's prospects that are alike. This isn't a dad trick. <laughs> I was like, where are you going with this? <laughs> you want to segment out the different types of contacts that you'll have and make sure that your marketing material goes along. Can I make a well. big point, especially for people who are trying to Please build a bail team? Me out. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a big point on the systems and why you need a document, the emails you send, the systems that are being used. Because as we've built a big team, one of the biggest downfalls has been we haven't had standards of excellence, maybe you call them in your business, and a a sales rep starts developing their personal system. Mm. Then when you come in and try to tell them that their system is not actually closing as much, so Luke, you might think you're closing as much, but it's not closing as much as Josh, and we want you to do what Josh is doing. They don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. It's changed to them. It's it, it, it literally, the culture erodes because now you're trying to enforce, and this has happened to me two major times. I had one time where we shifted the whole culture and I had 17 people quit on me mm-hmm. on the sales team within two weeks because what I had failed to do is implement standards and systems of how you treat a lead, of how many phone calls you make, of what you do, and trying to enforce that was so painful. If you can start at the beginning and going, hey, this is what we do, and it's a standard, then all of a sudden you can tweak as you go and refine as you go, but you're not letting everybody do their own thing, which is chaos to try to bring back together after they've done it too long. Yeah. Well, I think that naturally rolls into the last point, which is rolling this out to your team. So yes. you, first and foremost, you want to communicate why you're doing this, or if you're bringing on a new team member, why you've done it. Do more training than you think you need to do. It's kind of like what you a were lot saying more. with the, yeah. you know, people are only going to remember 10% of what you say. Do more training than you think you'll need. Role play with your team because this will then show you that they understand what your processes are. And then <laughs> we were just talking about this before the podcast because with Ariel, make sure you're inspecting what you are expecting from your team um, or from yourself. Like go back and spot check yourself as well, yeah. right? Give time if you are rolling it out to a team Tell them when it's going to be launched and make that date in the future mm. and keep talking about it. We're just we're just making this switch Great to full point. transparency of realizing one of our biggest downfalls is we roll out changes and we think, oh, well, we've told everybody, we sat down with everybody, we talked to everybody. Yes, you did, but they need time to process and realize, hey, this is being launched, you know, right now we're in July. Like this is being launched September 1st and they have time to prepare. Now, sometimes you're not given that luxury depending on what you need to do in your business, but if you can do that, it will help you a ton. Absolutely. So there you go. There is how to build a sales playbook for your business. 
Thank you so much for listening. You can go to staypaidpodcast.com for the show notes and the video of this episode. If you like this episode and want to support the show, the uh, first way is to head on over to Apple Podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a comment. We'll read it here on the show. And the best way to help out the show and show your support is to tell a friend about this one. That is the playbook right there, ladies and gentlemen. We say it every podcast. Uh, Luke. Yes. What has five toes and isn't your foot? My foot. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to get a hold of me or Luke, you can email us a podcast at ReminderMedia.com. And of course, you can find us on social media. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. I'm Luke Acre. There's nothing like a dad joke that makes you feel dumb. (laughs) It's so funny. All right, here's your action item, right? So this will help everybody. Do you have your scripts documented? Do you have your objections documented? That is a worthwhile task. It is painful. It takes time. It's, it's one of those things that you don't really want to do. You need to pick a Saturday morning, wake up early, get yourself a cup of coffee, sit down, document out some of your objections, if not all of them, and what you would say. Then now you have something you can role play every single day. If something's worth doing once, it's worth doing a lot, right? So you can role play every day when you write these objections down. Remember the difference between top producers and mediocre producers, top producers take action. Take action on that today. 